Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about your weight is a reflection of your habits. It is directly a reflection of your habits and you should think of it this way. Obviously the number one habit it's reflecting is your eating, right? But there's a lot of habits that are influencing your eating. And so the more you look at your weight as your habits, the easier time you're going to have in actually creating the results that you wanna get, okay? Because well, before we get into it, let's, let's start by what is a habit, right? Um, a habit is just short for habitual behavior. And so what are your habitual behaviors? That's pretty much going to reflect what your weight is. And when you want to change your weight, it's important that we don't just focus on the eating piece of it, um, but we focus on other subtle habits that are influencing your eating as well. And so let's start with eating, though, and then we'll get to the other subtle habits. So when you want to change your weight, what I always suggest to clients is to start by focusing in on your, well, I like to say worst eating habit defined as the eating habit that shows up daily, weekly, that is most responsible for the extra calories that are keeping you at your weight, okay? And um, as you identify that, it could be your, your nighttime snacking, it could be overeating at dinner, it could be eating you know candy during the afternoon, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just identifying the habit that's showing up consistently um, because this is now at this point an automated behavior for you. You don't have to remember to do it. You don't have to think to do it. You just do it. And th this is good and bad, right? This, the way our brain works, we're very habit-oriented. That's how our brain's set up. And it's set up this way so that we don't have to think about a lot of things, right? We can just automatically do it. This is how we learn stuff, right? We, you know, when you think back to how you learn to read and write, it took lots and lots of energy and practice and focus to learn how to do that. But now when you read and write, you just do it completely on autopilot, right? You don't have to think about it at all. It takes no effort for you to do it. You just do it automatically. So this is how your eating is set up. You just do it. If you look at your eating, if you take a step back and look at your eating over a week, over a month, you're going to start to notice there are recurring patterns. You're not just spontaneously always eating different stuff at different times in different places. You're going to notice that you're eating at the same times, in the same places, the same foods. And so that's why it's so important to take a step back and look at the habits and recognize that instead of thinking like, oh, I got to stop eating every night, Instead, we look at that as one habit pattern. I want to get rid of or change this one habit pattern I have of eating at night. By looking at it that way, it's more accurate and you start to minimize how much it feels like, right? If we think, oh my God, every night for the rest of my life, I got to stop eating at night, that feels overwhelming. If we look at it as one behavior pattern we're going to change, that feels more doable, all right? So that's what I would suggest eating wise is to start off with kind of the worst eating habit you have and go to work on fixing it. And then you move on to the next one, right? Now, again, when it comes to habits, there's changing bad habits, installing good habits. And so again, you want to be strategic with this. What most people are doing when they want to lose weight is they're trying to change all their habits all at once, but they're not really trying to change their habits. They're trying to fight against them. And in this case, what we're doing is we're using our conscious mind to influence our subconscious mind. And this doesn't work well because your conscious mind uses lots and lots of energy. It takes lots of energy to run. Your subconscious mind does not. It's very energy efficient. So this is why the typical diet approach doesn't work well because you're using this conscious part of your mind to control this subconscious part. And again, it doesn't work out well. So what we wanna do is we wanna use the conscious mind to transform 
the subconscious mind so that you start to naturally and automatically begin eating in new ways that keep you at your goal weight, right? Makes sense. So again, we're orienting, we're, we're aiming ourselves at really changing our behaviors, installing new behaviors, eliminating old behaviors or transforming into less harmful behaviors, but it's all habit based. Right? It's all focused on the habits because when you get your habits in the right order, when you get them aligned, then all of a sudden it becomes easier to eat and live in a way that's going to bring you to your goal weight. Right? This is the focus. So we started talking about eating habits. And that's obvious. So again, you want to start. What I would suggest you start with your worst eating habit, really focus on it, get some headway with it, then move on to the next one. And then there's the other habits in your life that are influencing your eating. And so what are those? I'm going to lay out the eight of them that I think in, in an order of importance really impact you. Starting with sleep, right? Getting proper sleep, proper hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Now, if you can get these eight habits into your life on a regular basis, what happens is you transform yourself from the inside out into a different version of yourself. If you start getting more sleep, more hydration, more relaxation, you breathe more deeply, you nourish your body, you move more, you quiet your mind and you feel more grateful, what's going to happen is you're going to have more energy, you're going to have more clarity, you're going to think better, you're going to have healthier cravings, you're going to have more willpower and ability to choose the right behaviors that are gonna move you in your goal and everything becomes easier, okay? So again, we wanna think strategically strategically about your weight loss not because dieting is not strategic dieting is tactical you're giving one tactic don't eat carbs eat 1200 calories count your points don't eat for 16 hours it's always one tactic and then you're trying to use your willpower to force yourself to follow it meanwhile your subconscious mind just continues to run its old habit patterns and so you're trying to fight against those forever doesn't work out well so what you want to do is, again, realize that your weight really is a reflection of your combined habits, especially your eating, most directly, and then the eating really is a lot influenced by those lifestyle habits you have, okay? Knowing what to do is not enough, right, obviously. So what we want to do is we want to get ourselves to be in the right state of mind, in the right situation to do the things we know we should, and that's where those lifestyle habits come in, okay? But I want you to start thinking more habitually because... That's a more accurate way to really genuinely change yourself. You can't consciously change your weight long term, right? Unless that's the only thing in your life. Right? So if someone gives you, you know, a million dollars, a house, you know, every all your you know, responsibilities in life are taken care of, maybe you could then. Okay. But if you're living a life where you have lots of responsibilities and things you gotta do, you are not going to be able to consciously micromanage every food decision you make. Okay. So it's really revolves around you installing creating, developing habits that keep you at your goal weight. And that makes it a completely different process than the diets because the diets don't give a shit about your, your habits. They just want you to force yourself to follow their plan. And it's a short-term concept at best. And so when you start focusing on the habits and really understanding your habits and working with them strategically, now you're in a completely different place where you can truly transform yourself from the inside out so that you behave like a naturally thin person. But it all depends on your habits. When your habits become that of a thin, healthy person, your body is soon to follow, all right? So keep this in mind and focus in on your habits. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. What's up, Erica? How's it going? Um, 
just so you know, sometimes I, everyone knows this. Um, I, when I do these lives, I like record like the first five minutes or so, like, uh, like a little mini lesson. And so if I see your comment, I don't respond to it. It's just cause I'm recording that. And then I'm just waiting to say, hi, I'm not ignoring you. What's up? 33 million K. Um, Jenny says, do you think being on a diet for long affects weight loss? Been on for two and a half years, but I think I'm stuck. Um, uh, hey, Kathleen. Kathleen Hennessy. I used to grow up, I had neighbors growing up, Hennessy's, um, I was very close to. So I, I, I like that name. Brings back good memories. Um, interesting question, Jenny. Do you think being on a diet for long affects weight loss? Uh, I, I mean, my, my first reaction is no. Like, if you're sticking to a diet, like if you're stuck to a diet for two and a half years, um, but what does that mean? You know, if you give me a little more detail, like what diet, what diet have you been on? What are you trying to do? Um, does it affect weight loss? I mean, I don't think it's being on a diet. I think like, like I, I could take this question a lot of different ways. So I want to make sure I'm being accurate to you. Um, some people can think they're on a diet and, and they're following consistent diet. They think they're on for years. But if that, that diet they're on, the calories higher than they thought, then their weight's not going to go anywhere. You know, so I... I congratulate you for being on a, on a plan for two and a half years. That's great news. It shows that you can create change. You can stick with things. That's great. Um, now I think the process would be being more flexible, right? Tweaking a couple things. So if you're, if you're following a diet, let's, let's start to shift the word diet a little bit because diet for me typically is like one of these diet plans where you're given some plan and it could be intermittent fasting. It could be keto. It's basically, you know, you eat one way and now you're going to start your diet and completely change how you're eating. That's kind of how I typically think of diet. There's obviously the other definition of diet, which is how do you typically eat? Like I've got a diet, right? That I, I typically eat a certain diet, um, but it's not like a weight loss diet. Okay. That being said, so assuming that you're, you've changed up your diet for two and a half years in a new way, that's a really great sign. So you've got a really solid foundation. And if you're stuck at the same weight for, I don't know how long either. So that's, that's another question to want to know. Um, but if you've been stuck for six months, a year eating this way and at the same weight, yeah, it's time. I don't think it's the diet. That's the problem. I think you just need to tweak things up, you know? And so if you've been consistent with your eating though, you look at what you're eating consistently. And now you strategically say, where would be the easiest place for me to cut some calories out? Okay. And there's three ways, three hours of weight loss. Um, you can kind of look at your typical diet over the week and say, where can I reduce? Where can I replace? And where can I remove? And those are three options you have to, to cut calories down, you know? And so look at, you know, your typical diet over the week. Um, where would be the easiest place to cut a chunk of calories out, you know, and then, and then implement that and then see what happens. Um, uh, da, da, da. yeah, Erica says, yeah, any guidance on eating slower? I make my meals at home Monday through Friday while working from home. I always feel like I'm racing against the clock. That's a great question. Yeah. Eating slower. I got tons of guidance on eating slower. Uh, the first guidance isn't what you're going to want to hear probably, but the first thing to understand about eating slower is that it's a challenge. It, eating slower is very much like if you wanted to learn how to write with the other hand is is a lot what it's like okay and i say that just to frame it more accurately i think a lot of times when it comes to weight loss people simplify and minimize how much effort something's going to take and i know we all want fast instant results i know that but at some point you get frustrated chasing fast results that never come 
you know? So again, I'd rather be honest with you and you can get your results a little slower uh, than bullshit you and you don't get them at all. So eating slower is, is it's, it's intense. You know, going to bed earlier is another way, right? Like, oh, I'm just gonna go to bed earlier. No, you're not. Going to bed, when you go to bed, when you eat, these are all automated behaviors. Just like brushing your teeth, just like writing with your hand, just like using a computer mouse. These are all behaviors you've learned and now you've automated. And so to change them once they're automated is a challenge. You can absolutely do it, but you need to, you know, you need to bring the right resources to this. This isn't like, I'm going to tell you a trick and you're just all of a sudden going to eat slower. It's, it's not that way. It's like someone asked me like, any guidance on how to play the piano? Well, sure. Tons of guidance. You know what I mean? But at some point you got to sit down and just practice it. And it's the same thing with eating slower. It's really about practicing more than any, you know, tidbit of information I could give you. That being said, eating slower is one of the most valuable things that you can develop in yourself because it's almost guaranteed that the slower you eat, the less you're going to eat. So I think it's a very worthwhile focus. And it's something I've been working on for a while and I love it. Not only does it lower the calories, but it makes every, it just feels a lot better. Okay. So I get it. You make your meals at home Monday through Friday while working from home. So the first question is, you know, strategy. Do you have the space to eat slowly? Right. A lot of times we get trained to eat fast in school. You know, you get like a 20 minute lunch, you know, so by the time you're actually sitting in front of your food, you got like five minutes. So train you to eat really fast. And so, um, the first step to eating slower is to make sure you have the time and the space to eat slower. Okay. And so that may mean you need to prepare some things ahead of time. You know, maybe you can't prepare something that takes a while, you know, during your lunchtime, say, you know, so without knowing the specifics of how you're preparing food and what that's going on, the first thing you got to do if you're going to eat slower, I think, is you need to give yourself some time because you're never going to eat slower if you know you only got a minute or two to eat. You, you have to eat fast or you're not going to eat. And so you're going to eat. <laughs> um, assuming you got the time and assuming you strategize. And if you, if you're, you need some guidance to that, we could talk about that tomorrow on the call. Um, the next step though, and, and this is where the work really begins is you sitting down to eat and then remembering to eat slowly. That's the hardest part of, of starting, of eating slower. Um, one of my favorite things that a client did, I, I mentioned this sometimes is, um, she wanted to eat slower. And so she, she put a snow globe, uh, in front of where she ate dinner. You know, and so she'd come home and at night before she ate dinner, she'd sit down there. That would be a visual reminder. Oh, yeah, when eat slower um, and she'd flip it over, the snow would go down. She'd take herself, just kind of center herself down, calm herself down, you know, take 20 seconds, 30 seconds. But it just becomes a reminder. So that's the first thing is you need to set some kind of reminder up for yourself, because what we're looking to do with a reminder is we want to take as much as possible off of our cognitive plate. Right. So as soon as you want to eat slower, well, now you got to remember to eat slower all the meals of the day. And so I would pick, you know, the most important meal that you want to eat slower at. Maybe it's dinner, maybe it's lunch. Then I would set some kind of reminder where I typically eat so that I don't have to remember to eat slower. I'll be reminded. And then once I'm reminded, now it becomes a process of practicing. And eating slower starts by relaxing your body, quieting down your mind, slowing down your breathing, centering yourself. And the good news is that this doesn't take a ton of practice. It's, it's not rocket science in a sense, and it feels a lot better, but it does take practice. So you're practicing relaxing. Now you're getting better at this because you listen to the hypnosis sessions as well, and that helps you practice relaxation. So I think you'd be surprised how much better you are at relaxing now than you've been in the past. But you need, you're reminded, you sit down, you center yourself, you relax, and you just eat slower. 
how do you eat slower? Well, this is where you get into real details. I don't want to sound like a weirdo because I've thought about this in, in a lot of detail. So you you can literally, I, now I've done Tai Chi, so that's helpful. Because when I've eaten slower, I'm like, I'm going to do like Tai Chi eating. That's kind of how I think of it. And again, it all starts by centering yourself. You know, that, that's how Tai Chi starts. You do kind of just, you're bringing the energy inward. You're slowing everything down. And so it's this physical, mental slowdown. And then you know, you're, you're literally moving slower and it feels slower, you know, and it feels weird. It's like, I don't know if you ever like, like sometimes I walk with my mom and she walks a lot slower than I do. It's hard to slow down. Right. Cause it's like, you, you got this internal, you know, speed that you want to walk at that feels normal and to walk slower. It feels like you got the brakes on constantly. So that's actually been, I practice that they're similar related to me in my mind. So how do I walk slower? Well, I slow everything down, you know, I just, not to get anywhere fast. I'm just going to calm down, slow myself down. So it's a physical, mental process of slowing down. If you're doing it during work, you might be, oh, work, 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 I got to finish it. No, I'm going to take, I've got 10 minutes. I don't need to think about work. I'm just going to focus, be here. Um, so you're moving more slowly. Uh, you can start to absorb more energy because you only have so much energy. And what a lot of times we do when we're eating fast is our energy is either absorbed in our mind thinking about work or we might be watching TV or a phone or a screen and we're just disconnected. And we have a tendency to just go into our normal speed, right? And so it helps at least initially to be more mindful and to kind of be focused, centered that way and make it, it's a different way of eating. That's why I say, like it's, it's, it's the equivalent of it is like you're eating with your other hand, you know? So now it's a more cognitive experience, right? Cause now you're, you're there mentally more than you typically are. Cause usually when you're eating, you're just checking out, you're just zoning out. You're not, you're not connected to it. So it's, there's a lot to it. Again, that's what I'm saying. I could talk about this for another half hour. I'm not going to, but um, I don't say that to overwhelm you, but to, to just realize this is something you have to practice for a while. How long would it take you to practice writing with the other hand so you can write with it? It's on that level. And um, again, well worth it though, you know, because as you train yourself to be a slower eater and after a little while, it just becomes how you eat naturally. Well, now by doing that one thing, you have probably reduced your weight by a number of pounds, just that one thing. So it's well worth it. Um, yeah, give it some talk. And we, we could talk about that too in the coaching calls. Um, let's see, any other questions? I guess. Yeah, feel any questions you want to ask, feel feel free to ask them. Um, Helen says, how many pounds do you think I can lose by four months of the calorie deficit? Um, in four months, I mean, depends how much of a calorie deficit you want to live with. What? Um, boy, I tell you, my computer is not working right. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that question. I mean, it depends. I mean, if you go on a water fast for four months, I don't know. Maybe you could lose a hundred pounds. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like to think that way because I think that that way of thinking is the kiss of death. It's very conditional. You know, I'll eat better and I'll do this as long as I lose the weight. And weight loss is always, almost always, depending on what you have to lose, almost regardless, weight loss is unpredictable and inconsistent. You know, it just is. Those weight loss calculators are just guesstimates. They're just ballpark estimates. Every person's body is different. You know, there's so many factors influencing the weight. And so I like to get rid of the time frame because how important is it for you to lose the weight? Why do you want to lose the weight? If you just, because it'd be cool, I'd like to do it. If, if, if I could do it in four months, I'd like to do it. If it takes me five months, I, I'm not interested. 
You know what I mean? Like I like asking questions like that because it, it, it ferrets out some of these deeper beliefs you have. If it's not worth doing, if, if what if it took you a year, you know, cause I don't, I don't know how many pounds you think you can lose in four months because what, well, you got a reunion coming up. You know what I mean? You got some special event coming up. You just want to lose the weight for it. Um, I don't, I don't help people with that. That's not what I do. Um, I'm not judging it. You know, do, do what you want to do, but um, that's usually going to be like a short-term motivation, a short-term thing. So I'm way more interested in how much you can weigh next year at this time in the most comfortable way. You know, so I, I wouldn't even have an answer for that, Helen. And I'm, I'm not being a wise guy. I just don't have an answer. Um, Kathleen says, yeah, drink water with your meals. Helps fill you up more. Yeah, sure. Um, Jenny says, is sweetener really that bad? Like Candorel and stuff. Um, I don't know what Candorel is, but um, if you're talking artificial sweeteners, I don't think they're that bad, like cancer wise. I think that cancer stuff's kind of blown out, um, blown out of uh, proportion. You know, when they study like if that stuff causes cancer, they feed rats like just obscene amounts of it. So, so I don't know if there's much of a cancer risk for it. I, I don't. I'm not an expert in that though either, so I don't know. But the reason I don't like artificial sweeteners, I don't like real sweeteners, is because it calibrates your taste to really highly unnatural, hyper palatable flavors. And when you are eating uh, artificial calorie, you know, artificial uh, sweetener, it may have no calories in it. But what happens is, A, it's triggering your body. When you, when you taste that sweetness, your body starts releasing insulin to deal with the sugar because it thinks that's where the sugar is coming from, the calories are coming from. And that makes you hungrier, okay? Because you're expecting the calories and they don't show up. Um, so that's one big problem. The second problem is that when you have those artificial sweeteners, then you go and eat, you know, some fruits or vegetables or some natural foods. It tastes really bland and boring. And now it's hard to get yourself to eat healthy foods because they taste really bland and boring compared to the artificial sweetener. So those are two big reasons why I would not make a habit of, of consuming artificial sweeteners. Um, also, what's your favorite food? I don't know if anyone asked you this before. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, favorite healthy food, favorite pleasure food. Uh, Favorite healthy food is a different thing. Like, like I, I, it's funny because like it's a funny thing to equate the two, you know. And I, and this goes back to your dope. You have two dopamine circuits. Dopamine's the chemical that drives like most of your behavior, and you actually have two dopamine circuits. You have a dopamine desire circuit, a dopamine control circuit. The dopamine desire circuit's routed through your limbic brain, your emotions, and that's the the feeling you get when you think about like eating cookies or pizza or a lot of hyper palatable foods. It's a spike crash experience. You know, it's, it's a big, it's a it's a high. You know, it's a rush, um, and then it's a crash, and that's exciting. You, you know what I mean? So so there's a lot of appeal to eating candy, processed foods, chips, pizza. You know, very hyper palatable foods. So in that thing, I, like I love burritos. I like pasta a lot. Um, I love eating like, like bagel sandwiches, egg sandwiches, uh, you know, all, all the stuff. Everyone, I love, love pizza. Um, you know, all of those foods, grinders. I love all that stuff. Um, because again, it's a very, think about it, all those foods I just mentioned. There's a lot of flour in them. Um, I'm not sugar. I, I like sugar, but I don't, I don't consume a lot of it, but carbs, I'm a big carb guy, big flour guy. And flour gives you that spike crash experience because it's a powder. You know, it's, it's, it's processed to be a, a fine, fine powder, which means as soon as you consume it, you absorb it very quickly. It spikes your blood glucose levels, you know, and then there's a crash, but that spike feels good. It's very addictive. So there's that. That's my favorite, that type of food. That's the dopamine desire circuit. And now there's the dopamine control circuit. And so my favorite healthy foods, well, I'd say it's salad. I, I really enjoy it, Ezekiel, and, and I like peanut butter a lot. So I like eating peanut butter with apples, peanut butter toast. Um, I like my salads. Now... When I say I like those things, 
I like them differently than I like the, the palatable foods, right? So there's a real like anticipation, excitement to eat those, you know, pizza, um, all, all those types of foods that we all like. There's a spike crash. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. And with the salads, it's not that. You know what I mean? Like there's no spike. I don't look forward to my salads the same way. Um, it's a much more stable thing, you know, but the pleasure is different. So the pleasure I get out of the salads and eating those healthier things is that I know I'm taking care of myself. I see myself in the future being healthy, being strong, being in the body I want to be in. And so there's, there's a pleasure there, but it's a more muted, subtle pleasure, but it's there. And so I'm very aware of it and I focus on it and I enhance it as much as I can um, so that it can compare to that spike crash of, of that one. So that, that's probably way more of an answer than you expected, but but that's how I want to answer it. <laughs> Erica says, I'll bring my food back to work desk and eat while I'm looking at work stuff. Yeah, there you go, right, Erica? So, um, yeah, obviously, if you do that, you know, you're, you're going to continue to eat the same way you do. So I'm not saying you're going to eat fast, because if you had trained yourself to eat slow already, you might go back and do work stuff and eat slowly. So, well, let me give you one more thing. You know, when I eat my salads, um, I eat them with chopsticks. You know, so there's another just a, a simple strategy that if you eat stuff with chopsticks or you eat with your other hand, there's ways you can slow it down, you know, without having to do all the other stuff. But I think you want to do all of it together, you know, um, and set yourself up for success. What's up, Riggy? How's it going? Regan's there too? Oh, my goodness. The whole gang. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was that? Tracy J. Day three of five, eating for nourishment. Going to make it to Saturday. Dang it. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Nice. Now, listen, if you don't make it to it, it's fine, too. You know, the, the point of the 5-2 model, it's not really to be perfect. It's to learn from it, you know. And so when I first started, I used to do two days of clean eating, you know, and then, then the rest of the days I just I was OK, you know. Um, and what I found is that just by having two days of clean eating, we, we always learn through contrast and we rarely give ourselves enough time to have contrast, right? Because even when you go on a diet, there's really not contrast. There's you eating like normal and then there's you eating perfect on your diet and it's one or the other. And so with the five, two model, we're eating clean. That's the intention. And then we're eating for pleasure. And so if you get two days, three days in, and then the next day you go and eat something wrong, wrong, right? Not, not for cleaning for pleasure. It's fine. Because one of the things you can start focusing on now is that even if you, let's say it's day four and you want to eat really clean and you go and eat a bag of cookies, right? Well, big deal. Then you can still eat clean. That's one of the most valuable insights and, and beliefs you can develop is that you can make a mistake and still want to eat clean. That's one of the best things I learned from this 5-2 model, okay? So it's not about being perfect with it. I'm, I'm almost never perfect with it, you know? Even yesterday, this was a little bit of an outlier week because I went away this week and I was coming back yesterday. But even yesterday, I'm coming back. I got a donut, you know, and I was hungry. And, um, but, so I ate the donut in the morning. And I, I, no, I normally, like, wouldn't eat a donut, you know, Monday through Friday. Well, Monday through Thursday, especially. Um, I like to keep that clean. But I did eat a donut. And so it's like I got home, and then I have a salad, though. You know what I mean? So it's not about being perfect. It's about, it, it, and another thing that's so important, and this is rarely talked about, is to be, to silo your reading. And what I mean by that is that, Usually people intertwine their eating, their, their good and bad eating. What I mean by that is like, there's two types of eating, right? There's the eating that you don't want to do. I got to stop eating the cookies. I got to stop eating the ice cream. I got to stop eating the pizza. I got to stop eating bad food, right? And then there's, I want to eat good food. They're, they're two different things. But unfortunately, a lot of people link them together. And if they're not eating the bad stuff, then they're eating the good stuff. Okay, great. But the second day, oh, I ate a donut. Screw it. I'm off track now. Now forget it. Okay. If you can silo these things and say, 
Well, I ate the donut, but I don't give a shit. I'm still going to eat my salad. You know what I mean? Like when you start doing that, it's profound. It feels better mentally and it feels better physically because again, we kind of go all or nothing with it all. And so if you can start siloing those, those like, even if I eat like shit, I'm still going to eat healthy. You know, I, I had a program. It didn't do too well. I don't think the, the, the name really did it justice, but I used to call it addictive health. And the idea of it was that you get addicted to doing good stuff. And that's the best way I could explain it. So those eight habits I talk about, proper sleep, proper hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, right? Eight habits. And it got to the point where it's like, even if I, you know, if I was drinking too much beer, I was like, I'd still want to do those habits. You know, I ate shitty. I still want to do those habits. And that was a real breakthrough for me. Because I stopped being so conditional. I stopped like basing my good eating on if I didn't eat any bad stuff, you know? And that was very freeing because when you eat like shit and like when you're eating like shit and then you're not going to eat something good, it's harder to get back on track. When you eat something shitty and then you eat something healthy, you know, you not only is it a good cue that you ate something healthy, but it affects you. You know what I mean? Like it nourishes you. It helps you think clear. It gives you more energy, and does all these good things for you that helps you get back into a place where you can get back on track, you know? So um, great job though, Tracy. Great. Stick with it. The five, two model. Another piece of that is that it works by doing it consistently. It's not about, it's not a fucking diet. (laughs) It's not a diet where it's like, Oh, I tried it. It didn't work. It's about doing it week after week. Imperfect and perfect and perfect and perfect and better. I'm better. I'm better. I'm better. You never really get perfect with it, but it's not about being perfect. It's about consistently learning and growing. But the five, two, really the most important piece of it is you're structuring your eating. You're giving your eating some kind of structure. And once you structure things, you can start to see it in a different way and you can start to be more strategic. Okay. And so that's the important piece. So great job though. Great job starting with it. All right. Um, Honey's good, right? I do eat a lot of honey. Uh, yeah, I mean, honey's probably better than sugar, but you know, it still is, you know, it, I'd be careful with it. You know, it, it, it's got the potential. It is spiking your blood sugar. Um, you know, so, so just be careful with it, but, but it's better than sugar. Is it good? Again, it depends. I watched this weird show. It's my daughter watches it, but it's called, oh, no, I don't, I forget what it's called. It's called like, I don't know, sneak eating or something. It's JJ Virgin, you know, you know her, she does, uh. It's, it's the weirdest show I've ever seen. I don't know. I guess it's real, but it's like people, what's the one I saw? Oh, the guy eats maple syrup. It was some guy, he eats maple syrup and it's like so much maple syrup, you couldn't believe it because they put it all out like how much maple syrup eats in a year. And it's just like, it's tables and tables of like giant jars, big ass jars of it. Yeah, my strange addiction. Yeah, 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 that's it. And um, yeah, and it's like what these people eat, I'm like, no way. And one lady, what does she drink like? like 30 sodas a day, you know? And it's like, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, it's crazy what people can eat. <laughs> How did I get on this? What was the question? I just got lost because I'm thinking about. So, so yeah, so it so said, oh, honey's good, right? Well, now I'm like in the back of my mind, right? I'm like, my strange addiction's now referencing everything. I'm like, well, not if you, not if you drink, <laughs> you know, 500 gallons of it a year, which I'm sure you don't mean, but um, it's because I watch that crazy shit. But so obviously everything's, you know, the moderation thing and um, and is relative. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're eating lots of sugar, I'd say the honey's probably better. Um, but lots and lots of honey, you know, that's going to have its own thing, too. So, again, everything kind of in moderation and notice what effect it has on you as well. Um, yes, agree. We should take it meal by meal, not just day by day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the day by day thing, right? It's like it's like oh, each day is its own thing. I'm going to blow it. Um, 
you know, but that's the value of having habits. I kind of started this whole um, live off talking about habits. And that's the thing, like yesterday, right? I was out of my normal habitual loop. Um, I was gone away and now we're driving back and, you know, it gets to the point where it was like 10, 10 o'clock, 1030. I didn't eat anything. So I got to eat something. So whatever, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, there it is. That's what we got. And um, I was pretty happy. It was okay. You know, but then I got a donut. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with eating a donut on, on a Tuesday. That's not something I normally do. Um, but again, everything's relative to the situation. So I ate it, whatever. And then I get home though. And now it's like, I've got my, my routine supporting me. And my routine is that Monday through Thursday, I eat a salad. And do I love the flavor of it? No, I'd rather eat 50 more donuts. That's what I'd rather do. Um, but then I feel like shit. And so eating the salad, do I love eating the salad? I wouldn't say I love it. You know, I, I like it enough. I'm, I'm fine with it, but I feel great eating it, you know? And so I know like, okay, I was gone Monday. I didn't have a salad then. I get back Tuesday and it's like, okay, where am I going with this week? You know, if I have a donut and then I go home and I eat a sandwich instead, oh boy, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm probably not going to eat a salad. Now it's Friday and I feel like shit. Now I know this because I've done this a lot of times. Remember, good judgment is the result of bad judgment. This is why I say like, when you set up the 5-2 thing, it's not about being perfect. It's about, the first step is really awareness. So we're creating these structures so you can realize when you feel like shit. From, from not eating healthy food. I'll tell you, like, like, let me give another example. It's not about the food. But so when I started doing the 5-2, one of the things I started doing is I was like, oh, my two days of pleasure eating, I'm like, I'm not drinking any water. I, I don't want to drink water because the water habit for me was very hard. It was hard for me to consistently drink a decent amount of water. And it took me a while to implement that habit. And so when I started doing the 5-2 thing, I was like, okay, the two days I just get to rest and I don't have to think about this shit. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink water. Well, so I did that for a couple of weekends. And what happened is because I typically was drinking, you know, at least one, usually one and a half, two of these a day. Now the two days would come and I wasn't drinking the water. And so by the end of Saturday, Sunday, I was like, geez, I feel like shit. I'm like, I feel dehydrated. I just don't feel well. And I'm like, ah, I got all the slight headaches and all the rest of it. I'm like, I'm not drinking water. And so all of a sudden... Now I'm like, you know what? I like drinking water. It makes me feel good. That's that's the point of what a 5-2. It's not just to force yourself to act better. It's a, it's a framework to get you to change the way you think about things. And so that water is just an example of that. So I got to the point where it was like, okay, I, I, I gave myself the space. I don't have to drink the water here. I don't want to drink the water. It's a pain in the ass. And... That makes me realize I was drinking the water out of duty almost. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I should drink water. I should be hydrated. That's how I'm going to do it. And I did it for five days. And I said, two days, I'm not going to do it. Now, after a couple of weekends of not drinking it, now all of a sudden I've reframed it. I got a new con connection association. And I say, I like drinking the water. It makes me feel a lot better. Do you see what I mean? That shift in how I think of water is the difference. That's the big difference. And that happens with food because another thing that happens with the 5-2 model is you do two days of pleasure and you eat what you want to eat. And most people in the beginning will overeat. I overeat. I ate a bunch of sugar. I ate a bunch of flour. I just overeat. I feel like shit. And a couple weekends of that, because the other five days I'm eating well, and I know what it feels like to feel light, energized, feel good. Now everything's relative. Now those two days when I'm just going out of control with the eating, I'm very aware of how shitty I feel. I feel very heavy, lethargic. I, I feel, again, slightly headachy. Um, I'm hungry. I'm craving shitty foods. And, um, and I'm aware of it. And so now it's like, okay, I don't like feeling this way. I don't like feeling super full. I don't like feeling like that. And so now the next weekend that comes up, it's not that I can't eat those foods. It's that I don't want to eat those foods. I don't like feeling that way. You see, so now again, I, I've changed the association I have to the overeating and eating whatever I want to eat. 
So again, a big part of the five, two model would program yourself then is that we're eating for pleasure. What's the most pleasure you can get out of the food, which is a very interesting question because a lot of people think, well, I'll just fucking eat everything in sight, but you'll quickly realize that is not the most pleasure. Overeating is not pleasurable. And so when you realize that, again, it changes your associations to food. And now you're on the path to creating a healthy relationship with food where you're eating it for nourishment a lot of the time, most of the time. And then you are truly eating for pleasure, but it's a pleasure you probably are not even familiar with because it's a pleasure that not only includes the flavor and the taste of the food, it's a pleasure that includes feeling in control of your eating feeling like you've got a system worked out that you are at peace with your eating and eventually start losing the weight, creating the body you want. And now you're eating your favorite foods in a controlled, moderated way at your goal weight in your dream body as the person you want to be. I promise you that's the most pleasure you can get out of the food. And so it starts to become this entire process that really, you know, supports you getting the goals you want. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. If you have a special event midweek and you're doing five seven, would you trade a weekend day? Um, you know, honestly, Tracy, I I wouldn't. I would um, I would just when I have like a special event like during the middle of the week, what I will do is I will enjoy that event, but I will prepare myself for it. So let's just say I'm going out to a restaurant on a Wednesday night. Okay, um, what I will do is I will eat my salad during the day. I will go to the restaurant, not starving. And again, the salad will help me do that. I will enjoy the restaurant and I will keep my weekend days because I'm very, another part of the five, two model is anchoring those eating patterns to those days. And I have found if I try trading a day, I don't like it. I really like looking forward to my weekend. And if something messes with that, I feel a little thrown off. So I will add an extra day to my week. Um, now, it depends on what my goals are and how motivated I am to lose weight. If I'm really motivated to lose weight, again, I will walk into that situation um, with my hunger level. Again, managing your hunger. I'm, I'm not that hungry is what I'm saying. So when I go into the restaurant, I go into the special event, I will enjoy myself, but I know I'm not going to go crazy because I'm not starving. And, and that's my goal. And um, again, special events, I don't give a shit about because... You know, if there's one special event on a Wednesday that, and it happens once every three months, that is not affecting your weight. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's the habitual stuff you do that's going to affect it most. You know, so for me, that would be, again, most likely what I do in that situation is I would go and I would enjoy myself. I would minimize the damage. Um, I wouldn't try to be perfect, but I also wouldn't go wild um, with it. That would be my intention. And uh, and I would keep my weekend the same. That's what I'd be doing. Um yeah, so, yeah, what was that? Oh, yeah, honey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I better be mindful. Yeah, be mindful of the honey. I got, you know, it's funny you say that too because I got into a honey thing like a couple months ago and I don't even know where this came from. But all of a sudden I was like, oh, natural honey. And uh, I went and got some and I was eating it just out of a spoon. And I, I was liking it. And um, I did a little bit of research on it and stuff. I'm like, it was fine. But yeah, be mindful. Be, be mindful and moderate with it. And I think you, you should be fine. Um, but yeah, being, being more... Um, being mindful of what you're eating is obviously what it all comes down to and being moderate. But again, what, what I like to say, the way I approach, well, how do you eat in order to lose weight? They'll say, well, you have to count calories. How do, how do you structure it? And so to me, the way I approach it is a more intuitive way where if you structure your eating, so you're consistently eating the same things week after week, right? So for me, Monday through Friday, I have the same breakfast. Monday through Thursday, I have the exact same lunch. Um, dinner is Monday through 
Thursday, it's pretty much the same dinner. Now they're different day to day, right? But week to week, I have similar types of dinners on Monday, similar type of dinner on Tuesday, similar Wednesday, similar Thursday. And so it's in the same calorie ballpark, nourishment ballpark. And so, and then my weekends, it's similar foods that I'll eat there. And so because things are ritualized and, and systematic, I can now stabilize my eating. And after a month of eating that way, if I want to lose weight, I can look at how I typically eat and I can strategically say, where's the easiest place for me to cut some calories out? Um, and I like to think of things strategically and I like the easiest way possible to actually um, get the results I want, which is a different approach than what a lot of people do because most people, they don't realize it, but they're subconsciously aiming at the hardest plan they could follow. They want it to be hard because subconsciously you associate the harder the weight loss plan is with the faster the results are going to be, you know? And so I think it's a really profound shift to start saying, what's the easiest way possible that I could lose weight, right? What's the easiest thing I could do? No one really asked that question. And as you start asking that question, what's the easiest way Let's back it up one step. I suggest you change your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot, okay? Once you set that as a goal, now the questions become, what's the easiest way possible that I can master my eating? You know, how can I eat consistently in a way that I'm able to live at my goal weight? And now you're orienting yourself to the easiest way um, to making it habitual, ritualizing it so it's on, pretty much on autopilot. That, that's the key part. You don't realize this, but every time you try to lose weight, you're trying to do it consciously because your willpower is a prefrontal cortex process. Your consciousness, you, as you think of yourself, is mostly your prefrontal cortex. It's your identity. It's your ability to think strategically, rationally. Use your willpower to get yourself to do the things you want to do. And that's how you're thinking about weight loss. Um, But what you don't realize is you're really pitting your conscious mind against your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind just runs on autopilot. And it's very cue dependent. So for example, you may have a habit where you sit on the sofa at eight o'clock with some ice cream, eat it while you watch your favorite shows, okay? So you don't have to remember to do that. You just do it, right? It's like all of a sudden it's eight o'clock, you're up, and next thing you know, you're just eating ice cream with the thing. You don't even realize you're doing it. It's very much like brushing your teeth. That's an automated behavior. You don't really have to remind yourself to do it. You just wake up, next thing you know, you got a toothbrush in your mouth right? You're about to go to bed. Next thing you know, you got a toothbrush in your mouth right before you go to bed. And it's mostly automated. Well, your eating is the same way. And so this part of your brain, your subconscious mind is very energy efficient. It just runs on autopilot. Think about all the things you've learned to do. And now you just do, just do naturally, right? Driving a car, riding a bike, reading, writing, using computer mouse, typing if you type, um, using your remote, you know, all of these things that at first you were like, it took a while to figure it out. Now you just do without even thinking about it. That's the part of your brain that runs your eating behaviors too. And so when you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to use your conscious willpower mind to fight against your subconscious mind. And so your subconscious mind just automatically says, oh, it's eight o'clock, let's sit on the sofa and eat some ice cream. And your conscious mind says, no, no, not, not now. We're on a diet, remember? So kind of like, what, huh? Let's just eat the ice cream. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that now. And so it becomes this constant process of trying to fight against your subconscious mind. And what happens most of the time? Um, you eventually just get sick, tired, or bored of fighting against yourself, right? Because it feels like you're fighting against yourself to lose weight because you are. And um, eventually what happens? Your, your willpower fades away and you just go back to your normal routines, right? You got two modes. You got your overweight mode and you got your diet mode. You have no thin and healthy mode most likely, right? And so what's a thin and healthy mode? Thin and healthy mode is when you have subconscious programs that cause you to do things that keep you thin and healthy, 
So your, your subconscious mind, you can put whatever you want in there. And, and so most people have no sense of their subconscious mind and they just have this, this concept of weight loss that is you consciously trying to force yourself to do something. It's estimated you make over 200 food decisions a day. You know, you're, you're not built to consciously be aware of everything. I was using, imagine you like all of a sudden you had to remember to breathe. What if breathing became a conscious thing? We'd all probably die because right? we constantly get distracted. You see, we're, we're not built to be conscious about every decision we make. We're built to be on autopilot. And so if you're trying to make your, build your weight loss around being conscious, uh, good luck. Good luck. You know, I mean, the idea of mindful eating is such a silliest to me. It sounds great. Yeah. If you could do it, great. But being mindful is a full-time job, right? Because who's the most mindful people on the planet? I would say right up there, nuns, Buddhist monks, right? <laughs> Dedicate themselves to being mindful and look at their lives. It's, it, there's nothing there. Right, that they strip their lives of everything, right? Because being mindful is a full-time job, and you probably aren't living like a monk, <laughs> with your screens, with your life, with your work, with your responsibilities, right? You're probably up to here with responsibilities and overwhelm, and so now what? You're going to lose weight by what? 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 What energy are you using? <laughs> what? You know what I mean, what are you doing? How are you going to do this? This brings me to the point again, like the idea, weight loss idea that you're just magically going to wake up some Monday as some different version of yourself that can stick to a diet perfectly, you know, to hang your hopes, your weight loss hopes on that does not sound like a good idea, you know? So again, it's really in, in my world, program yourself then we're really focused on retraining, reprogramming your subconscious mind to think, feel, and behave, to think, live, and eat like a naturally thin and healthy person, you know, so it becomes automatic. I'm sitting here in front of you as a person who's lost 50 pounds 30 years ago. And I've maintained the same weight. I won blip 12 years ago and I maintain the same weight. I haven't dieted once and I don't work out. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not proud of that. I, I don't like working out. I've started to do some resistance stuff for other reasons other than the weight loss, but I hate cardio and I hate lifting weights. So I, I've done none of that in any consistent form. I've done like everyone else. I've done little blips. I've done like P90X one time for a month or two. That was cool. You know, I didn't want to keep doing it. I did insanity for a month or two. My fucking knees start killing me. <laughs> so it's like, what I'm telling you is, so how, how have I mastered my weight, right? How have I stayed at the same weight? Because I've reprogrammed my behaviors, right? I, I, I eat in a way on autopilot that keeps me at my goal weight. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't revolve around me going to the gym and slaving it out. It doesn't revolve around me depriving myself of foods I, I like. You know, I've done it by focusing on my subconscious mind and training it that way. So I hope that makes sense. Um, I eat salad and tuna every day. I just got the Forks Over Knives book. Oh, yeah. Forks Over Knives. It's a great book. Yep. Um, be careful of the tuna. All right. Mercury and tuna can cause some funny things. So be careful of the big fish, you know, um, just be careful of it. Uh, funny, right? do you have any advice on how I can stop late night snacking every day yeah great great question that was my big one I used to snack every night every single night um, so I got lots of advice for it uh, the first one you're not going to like probably but I'll tell you what I did and um, don't worry about the specifics of what I'm saying understand the process behind it Right, that's the real key thing um, and so one of the things I did to stop eating at night was to eat more uh, at dinner 
right? So I felt fuller and that gave me more control over not eating at night. I know you're saying, well, how am I gonna lose weight if I'm eating the same amount of calories? Well, the first thing I wanted to do is I just wanted to get through at night without snacking. Just so I could see what that felt like. Because <laughs> I didn't even have a reference point. I knew I didn't want to eat at night, but I didn't know what it actually felt like to go through the night without snacking. So that was the first thing I wanted to experience. I wanted to create the neural connection of what's it like to go through a night with no food? What, what do I do? I know that may sound crazy, you know? And so that was the first step. And um, then once I started to get, you know, oh, okay, I made it through the night without snacking. I didn't die, I made it. Holy shit. <laughs> Cause you know, it's weird. Like when you change up your habits, like I'm joking when I say, oh, I didn't die, but it's like when you change what you normally do, if you really are, are pay attention, you're gonna notice there's a huge feeling of anxiety under the surface. Anytime you change something up, your brain likes to do the same shit. The main job of your brain is to be a prediction machine. And in order to predict things most effectively, it wants to maintain the status quo and keep everything the same. And so when you change behaviors, even if it's a good one, oh, I stopped snacking at night. Yeah, it's good on a conscious level. Subconsciously, you're freaking out because you're like, what the fuck? What, what, uh, this is weird. This is weird. How come I'm watching TV and not eating? Why am I at the movies and not eating popcorn? This feels weird. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So let me ask you, do you know if you're left or right thumbed? I know you don't, but let's find out. Put, clasp your hands together like this. Do this right now. You really should do this because it's this is like me telling you about a roller coaster and you riding a roller coaster. The experience is more important than the, the just hearing about it. So let's assume you've done this, right? Which thumb's on top? My right thumb's on top. Now I know you had no idea which thumb you were. Doesn't matter. What I want you to do is I want you to pull your hands apart and put them back so the other thumb's on top. It feels weird, doesn't it? Uh, you don't give a shit which thumb's on top. <laughs> you, you couldn't care less which thumb's on top. You've never thought about it once. You didn't even know until we just did this experiment. But when you do it the other way, it feels weird. If we never went through this and a hundred times I asked you to put your hands together, you're going to put them together the same way every time. That feels right. This feels weird. Just something feels weird. Don't give a shit about it. It doesn't make one lick of difference in my life, but it feels weird. So when you change behaviors, when you change normal, your normal routines, it feels, it just feels weird. It's important for you to start making the distinction between like, just, ah, it just feels weird. It's not normal. And like, oh God, this is it's no good. This isn't, I'm not gonna be able to do this, you know, because there's a little bit of both in there, you know? And so um, when I, when you say changing up the late night snacking, right? Again, there's no like just simple, like whatever answer to it. It's a process. And you're slowly habituating yourself to not eating at night. And it's a, it's a layered phased process, right? Because I know you're like, oh, just stop eating at night, right? That's the diet mindset in a nutshell. Oh, just, just stop eating so much. Just eat less calories. Oh, oh, is that all I have to do? Is that it? Well, I'm stupid me. Oh, I didn't know, <laughs> you know? And it makes me crazy. And it gets to the heart of what drives me crazy about weight loss is that really, honestly, what it always is it's always someone telling you what to do. Every diet, every workout program is someone telling you how to eat, how to work out. And then they're like, here's the plan. Now go screw, go, go follow it, see you later. No one ever shows you how to get yourself to follow the new plan. No one shows you how to change. You're just expected to what? You've got one tool, willpower, right? You're supposed to use that willpower to force yourself to follow the diet, to follow the plan, to force yourself to do it. You're exhausted, you're tired, you don't wanna do it, you're feeling deprived, all you're doing is craving you know, your, your regular food. 
just stick with the diet, man. No, no pain, no gain. Just do it. Just stick with it. You know, that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) It's not your fault. That's what I'm trying to say. You're not overweight because you have no willpower. You're overweight because you have no strategy. A diet is not a strategy. A diet's a tactic because every diet's the same thing. It's always built around one tactic. It's very intentional. Diets are a marketing exercise. Okay. And every one of them is built around one thing. Don't eat carbs, eat 1200 calories a day, count your points. Don't eat for 16 hours. Uh, you know, don't eat fat, only eat meat, just eat vegetables. It's always one thing. And it's built that way because you're overwhelmed. You're stressed out. You, you know what I mean? You don't want to th- just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You keep saying that and it's not true. How many times have I heard someone say, I know what to do, Jim. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, you don't fucking know what to do. If you knew what to do, you do it. I know what to do and I do it because I want to be thin and healthy. You don't want to be thin and healthy? Well, I do, but I just got to get myself to do it. No, you don't know how to get yourself to do it, man. (laughs) You don't know. And until you learn how to influence your thoughts, your behaviors, and how you eat, what's going to be different? You know what I mean? Again, this idea, you're in a trance by the diets. And the diet trance is this, it leads to what's called the false hope syndrome. It's this idea that one day, someday I'm going to be serious and I'm going to start my plan on a Monday and stick with it. Really? Why? What's happened in the past when you tried? And I'm not saying this to be negative. I have an answer for you. But I'm saying with the diets, think about it. Every diet, what are you doing? You're you're hopping in on day one trying to be 100% perfect. And what do you feel? You feel overwhelmed, don't you? It's a lot to take on to change all of your reading, you know? So um, what's the solution? Well, it's a more strategic solution where you don't try and change everything all at once. You change your worst eating habit, go to work on that. Get some headway with it and then move on to the next thing. You be strategic. You're not, you have not been strategic with your weight loss, I guarantee it, you know? And so um, as you be more strategic, you realize it doesn't have to be hard. Because again, what, what it all revolves around, the, the, the doorway you walk through to enter into a, the diet mindset is when you start thinking of it as a timed exercise, which is how you're thinking of it, how the diets are. Every single diet is how much weight can I lose and how much time? You know, you have to stop thinking that way. It's that way of thinking that's keeping you stuck. Your impatience is keeping you stuck. Stop thinking how much weight you can lose this month. Start thinking how much weight you can lose this year. You know, if you start making more strategic, sustainable changes to how you eat and how you live over the next year, and you committed for a year, what could you accomplish? You know, but you're so fixed on how much weight can I lose this week that you're missing the big picture. And that focus on how much weight can I lose this week is what's keeping you from probably have lost, having lost no weight for the last year. How much weight have you lost this year since January? How much weight have you lost since last year at this time? I don't know what the answer is to that. You do. If it's zero, if you put weight on, maybe you might want to change what you're doing. You know? And the way I'd suggest that you change things right off the bat, if you're interested in this approach, is go to my bio and click that link and get the hypnosis session I give you. It's a free hypnosis session. It's called The New Thin Me. And it'll help clarify and connect you to your goal weight, your dream body. And that's going to make you feel more motivated. And that motivation is naturally going to cause you to make healthier choices, do healthier things. Take me up on it. See if it does or not. It's free. And then on top of that, I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. I email you every day. Again, this is a mission for me. So I'm here to help you whether you, I have a program too you can invest in, um, but I have lots of free stuff I'm going to help you with as well. And I have a lot more stuff coming out. So get on my email list. It's all free. 
you hate you hate what I'm saying, you can unsubscribe at any time. There's no risk here. But if you're really serious about losing weight, I think you've got to you've got to start by saying what I am doing and what I've been doing is not working. And if you're really honest with yourself, you'll look and you'll say, I have as little idea about how to lose weight now as I did before I started my first diet, which is to say, I've got no fucking clue. I don't know. I want to lose 50 pounds. I don't know how to lose five pounds. I don't know what I'm doing because you have an idea of what you should eat. And that's about it. When it comes down to how do you influence your thinking? How do you motivate yourself? How do you change your internal dialogue so you feel more motivated and encouraged? How do you change your behaviors? How do you influence how you feel? How do you change how you eat? How do you live a healthier lifestyle that supports your healthier eating and your ideal weight? I, I know you don't have those answers. And so your weight loss problems are not because you don't have willpower or you're addicted to food or you're a sugar addict. It's because you have no strategy. You've got a bunch of stupid diet ideas and tactics that you think you should do and almost zero ability to get yourself to follow them because you don't have any nuts and bolts understanding. You have no granular understanding of the subconscious processes that are driving your behaviors and your weight. And it ain't rocket science, man. I ain't a rocket scientist, <laughs> but I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. You know, I've started to figure some things out. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, you know, so go get the hypnosis session and experience it. Whether you've experienced hypnosis or not before, this is a unique session. It's not, you're not going to cluck like a chicken. You know what I mean? I'm not going to have you empty your bank account and send me all your money. You're going to relax and it's going to feel like you're watching a show that you really like. You're going to be absorbed in it. You're going to be relaxed and calm and you're going to be following along with what it's like to achieve the goals you want to achieve which will be a new experience for you because you're locked in a mindset that's always trying to figure out what the fuck's wrong with you. What's wrong with me? Why can't I stick with a plan? Why don't I do this? Why, why, why do I keep falling off my diets? Why can't I do this? Am I ever going to stick with this? Am I ever going to eat right? Why do I keep eating the wrong stuff? That's what you're thinking all day long, all night long. And it's creating those behaviors, you know? Um, so yeah, that's what it is. Uh, do you suggest meal prepping to stay on autopilot, meaning less decision about what to eat next? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my, I mean, watch my video. I don't know. It, it's, it's the, the salad one I did. I show you how I prep my salads for the week and, um, yeah, prepping that one decision to prep my salads for Monday puts me on autopilot. You know what I mean? Now I just walk in there for lunch, grab the salad, eat it. it it's, it's like predefined. And I don't have time to go into all the details of it because really what a lot of that prep meal prepping, I'd love, I, I like to explain it. It's based on dopamine, you know? So again, it's, it's, there's neuroscience, there's real factual scientific reasons why meal prepping is really, really helpful. You know, it pre it's, it's like a programming because when you make, when I make four salads, I'm deeply embedding in my mind, the idea that I'm going to eat all four of these over the next four days, I'm going to eat these. You know, and so now when I wake up in the morning, I think I'm going to eat them. When I'm going to bed at night, I'm anticipating I'm going to eat that salad. Um, I wake up, I'm anticipating the salad. Lunchtime comes, I'm feeling hungry. I anticipate I'm just going the salad. And so because I'm anticipating the salad and it's already prepared for me, I'm not getting close to lunch and saying, oh, what am I going to eat? That's the kiss of death. What am I going to eat? I'm starting to feel hungry. What do I want to eat for lunch? I don't want to eat a fucking salad. I want to eat it. Let's get a tuna melt. Let's go get a, a grinder and some chips. 
You know, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I've already pre-planned. I pre-decided what I'm going to eat and I prepped it. You know what I mean? So I've sent my subconscious mind a strong signal. This is what I'm doing. And that's what I'm focused on. And so I'm never asking the question, what am I going to eat for lunch? Which leads me to not feel deprivation because I know I'm just going to eat salad. I'm not thinking about tuna salad, tuna sandwiches. I'm not thinking about grinders. I'm not thinking about all the shit. I'm not thinking about pizza, all the things that I could eat because I'm not giving myself that choice. I've already decided for myself. So yeah, that, that's, that's exactly right. It definitely puts you on autopilot more. Um, this is TR. How can I stop myself to fall back in old patterns if I had one day of not eating like I should? Yeah, well, again, I mean, like in Program Yourself, then we have a 5-2 model. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. And that's a big part of it. Because, you know, I always say at 5-2, but we can flip it around and say it's also 2-5. Okay, so the 5-2 is important because having two days that you can look forward to where you know you can eat what you want is really important. And just as important as having two days of pleasure eating and then after that, you go back to eating clean. Because every single week I'm practicing getting back on track which is the number one most important skill to mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track. It's not to be perfect, okay? You think that, you, you think in dieting terms, you think weight loss depends on you being perfect. How perfect can I follow my diet? I'm sitting here telling you because I'm thinking long-term. You're never gonna be perfect long-term. So what matters most is the ability to get yourself back on track. And so every single week in the program, we're practicing getting back on track so that it just becomes normal and natural. Because we all have, we all have, um, you know, we all make mistakes with our reading. That's not a big deal as long as you get back on track fast. All right. Um, yeah. I've done that. I had a salad in the fridge and went out to lunch. Oh, fair enough, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I've done that too. I've done that too. So it's, it's, again, there's no foolproof thing. You know what I mean? I want to make that clear. There's best practices. But again, what you're saying is the most important piece. The most important piece of program yourself thin, the philosophy, is that uh, is, is the program yourself thin technique, which is uh, the reading rehearsal technique, and that that's the most important piece because I think the most important piece of change is being able to learn from your mistakes, and very rarely do people have any strategy or process they can run to learn from their mistakes. They usually just beat themselves up, or they ignore what happened. And that doesn't help you in the future at all. So um, having a process to learn from your mistakes is the most important one, in my opinion. So um, someone says, how can I cut down on sugar? Uh, Disney fan, I love listening to you. Thank you, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, how do you cut down on sugar? Uh, I mean, there's a million ways to cut down on sugar. I think, so I would talk a mindset approach, right? Because I will oh, just eat less sugar. But um, I think one of the most effective ways to uh, cut down on sugar is to watch a documentary on sugar. That's what I would suggest. I would suggest you watch a documentary on sugar and reframe, clarify what it actually does to you. You know, because we live in a, in a culture that's always minimizing the effects of sugar. And so you think about it in not an accurate way. You minimize it. Uh, and so it's important that you see it for what it is. Cleanse the lenses of your perception. So I think the easiest way to cut down on sugar is to watch a documentary on it. See what it actually does to your body. That's what I'd suggest. All right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Um, again, if you haven't, go get the hypnosis session and, and opt into that site. Um, I email you all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, you can check out the program if you're really serious about mastering your weight. 
And um, again, th- thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the videos. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Bye.